healthy hair is generally perceived as shiny hair with smooth texture and clean cut ends. But uh, from a health perspective, there are slightly more objective ways uh, to assess hair health. It's normal for you to be losing 10% of that every day. But I would say maybe iron deficiency is the biggest concern. And vitamin D, of course, is very important for hair structure, uh, hair growth, hair health in general. Not having enough blood flow into the scalp area. So when you don't have enough blood going into the scalp, you don't have enough nutrition going into your scalp. Women with PCOS will experience a very similar pattern of hair loss to men. So they will start losing hair at the top of their head, so at the crown area and even at the frontal area of the head. So when estrogen is low, this also affects uh, the growth uh, cycle of the hair, so it can also lead to, to hair loss. Thyroid is one of the also primary reasons or primary suspects behind, uh, behind hair loss. Hi, I'm Laure Sejean a former HR director turned into a pro makeup artist and a beauty editor. In this podcast, I want to share another way of looking at beauty from the outside and from the inside, from people who create beauty trends to people who help us feel better within our body, from sharing my experience with some beauty products to digging into new ingredients. Welcome to Beauty S'il vous plaît. Hi everyone, today I'm having Zainab Jafar, uh, the in-house clinical dietitian at Valeo, a company that offers the service to support your health for optimizing your metabolism, your health and well-being to leveling up your micronutrients, understanding better your blood result and supporting you taking action based on your results to improve your health and well-being. In this episode, we will talk about how to achieve healthy hair and what are the root causes of hair loss mainly and what are the solutions. In the past few months, I've seen um, a lot in with the brands and I, I'm going to say like the trend that people and the brand you know, are talking more and more about hair health. Uh, and therefore, I think that this episode you now is on point, and I'm so happy to have you with us, Zenab. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Laura, and thank you for the introduction. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Zenab, can you tell us a bit more about Valeo and what do you do at Valeo? Sure. Thank you so much again. So, yeah, my name is Zenab, and I am a clinical dietitian. And I am the lead of the health coaching department at Valio. And um, as you introduced us very well, so Valio is essentially a digital health platform that aims to provide its users with evidence-based health solutions that are simple, clear, and actionable. So uh, as you mentioned, Laura, so uh, the health and, and well-being space uh, nowadays is just filled with new information that comes up every day. So eat this, don't eat that, follow this new trend today, follow the opposite tomorrow. So uh, Valio essentially aims to 
cut through all of this noise by basing its health advice on one of the most personal data that you can probably get, which is human blood. Uh, we believe that the best way to know what is happening inside your body is to actually look, look inside, take a look inside. And with blood data, we are able and we have been able uh, over the past year uh, where Valia has been live and offering its services, we have been able to personalize health uh, advice, nutrition advice, lifestyle advice, fitness advice to the very specific needs of a person rather than uh, giving out generic advice uh, that in most cases wouldn't work. So what we do essentially is we offer at-home blood tests uh, that are focused uh, on uh, whatever the person needs and whatever they want to focus on. And accordingly, we, we give uh, the health advice. So in a nutshell, that's what we do. What we do. <laughs> I like the fact that it is personalized on, and indeed that your purpose is to look into what is inside our body to better understand mm -hmm. what should be maybe the treatment or the supplements we need to take. Um, because I feel that a lot of us now we are hearing a lot from our friends or even social media that you need to take like that supplement, you know, I don't know, omega-3, mm. zinc, um, vitamin D, vitamin C, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> we don't know like the, how to say, the quantity we need to take and not necessarily know why we need to take them as well. So to have you um, now and, and being able to advise personally and each individual based on what they need, I think, this is today what we need to push, um, you know, among, you know, in the market. Um, but saying this, I mean, indeed, so you take like blood tests, um, you take or you give your recommendations, but mm -hmm. what's the difference between Valio and a doctor when it comes to delivering and explaining uh, the results of a blood test? So it's, it's very important here, Lourdes, to just make it very clear that Valeo services do not replace the role of the doctor in, in any way or form. So what the tests, when the tests are interpreted with, with Valeo, no diagnosis uh, is given. Uh, we also do not claim that we can uh, uh, fix your, your diabetes or treat it or, or your high cholesterol or your kidney function if, if those were highlighted for you in a blood test. But what we will actually recommend is that you do visit uh, the doctor whenever that is needed. Um, and, and just seek the medical attention that you require, uh, which is definitely outside of our scope of practice. What we do provide is complementary to the doctor's advice. We cover the diet, we cover the lifestyle, and we cover the supplementation side of the management uh, of any condition, uh, which doctors often miss or go through um, very lightly with the patient or uh, not in the depth that is required to push someone to actually make a change uh, in their behaviors. So uh, a lot of people now, uh, they come and tell us, well, I can go to a lab and I can do my blood tests uh, and I can go to a doctor and I can uh, get a diagnosis. Well, unfortunately, this is not being the case. Even though uh, labs offer blood tests and this service is not new, uh, blood screening is not a new thing, uh, uh, people do not seek it because... Uh, People don't want to go through that experience uh, of having to uh, uh, call the lab, uh, book an appointment, go and wait, and then take your blood uh, blood sample, and then wait again, 
and then receive uh, a PDF of numbers that you don't understand, and then book another appointment with your doctor, and then having to wait there again, and then before all of that process, having the doctors to approve those tests for you, and then waiting for the insurance to approve that for you. So it's a very long process. It's a very inconvenient process, and it does push people to just postpone blood tests for years and years and years until they actually get to a point where something that could have been prevented uh, years back is now an actual problem. So the whole aim of what we do is to push people to do the blood tests on a regular basis uh, in a preventative way so that problems remain solvable uh, with diet, with lifestyle, before having to reach the point of taking medications that are, would end up just being a lifelong thing. Uh, so that's that's our the, the whole mission here. When so I have two things. One is uh, is a comment of what you were saying is a few months ago, like probably six months ago, I did some blood tests because you know I want just wanted to ensure that I was taking the right supplements to support my body mm -hmm. and um and indeed you know, I received the result and I was like, I mean, I have like my doctor, she ran, you know, through them, you know, with me. So for me to understand, but there are still like few things, you know, that I had to dig into myself. Mm -hmm. And then when you're not a specialist, like you can spend like hours and hours on Google and trying to understand what does this mean? And if you look into this and to look into that extra. So I feel that, yes, you know, we need more people like you, you know, to help us understand what does it mean, what, um, and to support us, you know, in this. Um, a question that I have as well is when you're talking about, you know, to do, a regular blood test to see what are the improvement, what should be the frequency in your opinion? So th this really depends on uh, what has been highlighted in the first place. So if you do have a problem such as um, diabetes, let's say, or if your blood sugar has been shown to be high, then we do recommend that you test every six months uh, to check whether uh, the intervention that you're doing, the diet, the medication, whatever kind of intervention that you're doing is actually working. And to be able to titrate that or uh, just uh, fix uh, the intervention to fit uh, your blood test and how your body is reacting. So it's very important to, to keep monitoring any problem that you have on a six-month basis. Some people will require less uh, frequent uh, monitoring if you do not have any health issues. Generally, as a general rule, we recommend blood tests yearly uh, because in a year, a lot can happen. Uh, we go through so much. Uh, our habits can change uh, so much in a year. Uh, you could be eating a certain diet and then switch uh, to a whole different diet. And with this comes uh, a whole new risk uh, of, of deficiencies, of, of problems if the diet is not uh, balanced and, and adequate. So as a general rule, just uh, once a year. Once a year. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> yeah. So among all the services that you provide, uh, testing general health and well-being, macronutrients, stress level, female and male-specific blood tests, you also have targeted tests for, for hair loss, loss and health. Um, so I think the... One of the questions I know that uh, comes to my mind is, how do you define having good hair health? Sure. Um, so defining healthy hair can be um, a subjective matter, right? So for you, it can be 
um, a head full of hair. For someone else, it can be strong hair, shiny hair, uh, clean cut ends, uh, frizz-free hair. And they're all true, by the way. So healthy hair is generally perceived as shiny hair with smooth texture and clean cut ends. But uh, from a health perspective, there are slightly more objective ways uh, to assess hair health, such as looking at the presence or the absence of hair shedding, for example, or hair loss. So just so everyone knows, uh, hair shedding is a normal process of hair growth and is actually part of the life cycle of hair. So uh, just to go through that uh, real quick, uh, there are just hundreds of, of thousands of hair on your head, and the average lifespan of a hair uh, can be anywhere between two to five years. The hair will grow and then will die in phases, but nutrition and stress and the hygiene practices and just the daily styling will all play a role into how much hair you will lose daily. Um, to go back to the phases of the hair. So the first phase in which a hair will grow is called the anagen phase. And 90% of the hair on your head is in that phase. Will, the hair will grow about one to centimeter per month uh, during this phase. And then when something uh, stops your hair from growing, it will be called anagen effluvium. And then this is what you would typically think uh, that you have when, when you consider hair loss. And then you, you have two other phases. So the other two phases are the catagen phase, which is just kind of a transitional phase. And then the, the last phase uh, of hair growth is the telogen phase, which is about 10% of your hair at the time is in that phase. So it is normal for you in the last phase where 10% of your hair is, uh, so basically, it's for you to be losing that 10% of your hair because the telogen phase is where the hair is long enough, is mature enough, so it's, it's ready to be kind of pulled out uh, from its place so that new hair will grow. So at a time, if you consider that, for example, you have uh, 100,000 hairs on your head, it's normal for you to be losing 10% of that every day. So that's about 100 hairs a day. And this is something that is perfectly within the normal growth phase of, of hair. So losing 100 hairs a day is not hair loss. And we have a lot of people coming to us that saying that I'm brushing my hair. I see hair in, in my comb. I see hair on my pillow. I see hair down the drain while I'm showering. But how much hair are you losing? Is it less than 100 or more than 100? Uh, that's kind of the general cutoff here. So um, assuming that yeah, uh, you're not losing hair that frequently or more than 100 hairs a day. You do have, uh, from a health perspective, healthy hair. <laughs> That's so interesting that you're saying that, that, that you're emphasizing, you know, on the fact that we are losing every day 10% of our hair. This, I have no idea. And <laughs> to be honest, no, every day I'm just like a bit concerned, not every day, but when I wash my hair, when I see the amount of hair that you know are coming yeah. off my scalp and I'm just like uh is this normal and I see phases as well you know when I see more hair falling than others um but to be honest I'm not really counting them mm -hmm. so uh yeah so but this, this becomes like a visual thing as well so mm -hmm. you would note when you are losing hair more frequently than uh just uh other times uh so this can happen and 
for women, especially specifically in certain phases in the menstrual cycle, where the hormones are getting imbalanced, where you're moving in between the stages. So you may notice more hair loss uh, that is specific to these periods. But all in all, it should be within a reasonable number of hairs uh, that everyone knows uh, that this is normal, but then this is just getting more frequent. I'm losing way more than I used to lose. So, uh, uh, yeah, you're kind of able to visualize that with time. So talking about um, uh, women and indeed, you know, we just touched base about we would have phase in the month where we would lose more our hair. Which phase would would it be? Is it, you know, when we have our periods or in mm -hmm. between? So uh, uh, it, it depends, really. So in between the different phases, you always have different different hormonal imbalances happening. Uh, so I would say it is usually within before before the period. Uh, before that's the period. when period. That's when the hormonal imbalances are happening, preparing the body to, to kind of uh, enter into the the new phase of the cycle. So that's where women mostly experience uh, more frequent hair loss. Mm. But again, I, I would actually call that hair shedding and not hair loss. Because, hair shedding, yeah. Yes, which is completely normal. Mm. I mean, in, in the region, uh, being based in Dubai, in the Middle East, what mm. are the most common concerns women and men have regarding their, their hair? Yeah, so uh, it, it depends as well. I wouldn't say that we have any... Uh, different concerns uh, than any other region in the world. Um, some people do complain that when they move to Dubai, the water quality, and then they start experiencing hair loss, which is kind of true. There is some, some truth into that. Uh, we can discuss that later on. But um, in terms of hair loss and health, uh, as I said, there are different factors that would come into play. So one of them is your nutrition. Uh, and nutrition can definitely be different from region to region. Uh, of course, for example, in, in Japan and that part of the world, they consume more uh, fish, uh, especially fatty fish. So you can see that their hair is more shiny, more smooth, um, uh, healthier. Um, in our part of the world, uh, maybe uh, we do have fish available to us, but not a lot of people consume it uh, for just a number of reasons. Uh, so uh, you do note very specific deficiencies that are specific to different regions of the world. Now, talking about us here in the Middle East, one of the most common deficiencies is iron deficiency, which is directly related to hair loss. So uh, that's very, very common for us to see. And one of the first, very first signs of iron deficiency is hair loss. Um, why? Because uh, we don't really know why iron comes into play uh, with, with hair loss. It could be because um, the hair cells are one of the most rapidly dividing cells uh, in the body. And you do need iron uh, for this, the cell division process to happen. So iron is definitely at the center of that. And this could explain why iron deficiency leads to hair loss. Um, iron deficiency is also a problem for premenopausal women uh, because they lose bigger amounts of, of larger amounts of blood uh, when the period does happen. So this, of course, if you lose more blood, you lose more iron, so higher risk. Um, now, some of the other reasons, of course, we have folic acid comes into play, uh, just general intake of antioxidants, protein intake, of course. Um, but I would say maybe iron deficiency is the biggest concern. Now, 
the second biggest concern, or I would I wouldn't call it second, maybe as equal as iron, is definitely vitamin D deficiency. Um, even though here in the UAE we have year-long sunlight, uh, 90% of the population in the UAE is deficient in vitamin D. Um, and vitamin D, of course, is very important for hair structure, uh, hair growth, hair health in general. So another problem that we face. Um, where can we find iron in which kind of food mm -hmm. and vitamin D as well? Yes. So uh, with, let's start with the easier one, which is vitamin D. Unfortunately, there are very little foods uh, that, that contribute to, to vitamin D to the diet. And these would include uh, fatty fish, mostly like salmon and tuna. Uh, but one can only consume uh, a, a small amount of, of these foods uh, to, to be able to contribute enough uh, and to have enough vitamin D uh, to support functions and to have just optimized levels. Um, so this leaves us with uh, two other options. One is, of course, the ideal option, which is to be in sunlight and to get exposed to the sun. Uh, the dermatologists listening to us will not agree <laughs> because they will ask you to put uh, sunblock, which uh, in certain cases and with specific concentrations will uh, will block uh, just uh, the ability to convert the vitamin D in our skin to the active form of vitamin D. Uh, so this definitely doesn't help. So, and the third option, which is Unfortunately, the last option, the least favorable option, but the most effective option is supplementation. So these are readily available in pharmacies at cheap prices uh, and just, uh, big value for, for little price, uh, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's said that, uh, you know, we need to spend around like 20 minutes a day under the mm -hmm. sun to catch, you know, the yeah. good vitamin D and to do it preferably at the beginning of the day where the sun is not too strong, but also where the uh, UV are the, the best and not too aggressive. I mean, this is what I'm reading. Uh, maybe you can confirm uh, this. Oh, very true. Very true. Mm. What about the iron? Where can we find iron? Mm -hmm. So um, iron can be found, obviously, from um, animal sources, which is what we call heme iron. And uh, these would include meat, uh, of course, so chicken, red meat, or fish. Uh, but we can also find it from vegetarian sources, so non-heme iron, uh, which is less bioavailable uh, to us. Uh, and we find this in, of course, lentils, chickpeas, uh, other types of, of legumes. And so on, spinach, of course, everyone knows about spinach, uh, kale. Uh, so, yeah, these kind of things. Uh, but the problem with iron is that generally, even from, from animal protein, it does have low bioavailability or low absorption rate. So we only absorb about 30% of the iron from animal sources, so from meat, basically, and even less. So only about 15% of iron from vegetarian sources. So it's always a problem. Absorption is always a problem. Uh, and even with supplementation, absorbs, absorption tends to be a problem. So we do target that uh, by um, going for injections. Uh, basically, if someone uh, is very deficient in iron, uh, we recommend injections so that the iron goes straight away into the bloodstream, no digestion uh, preventing or just blocking the way of absorption. Um, the other option is to just be smart as well about the supplementation. So we give 
that is specific forms of iron that are relatively more bioavailable than others. So that's one. The other thing is to include the other nutrients that the body needs to effectively absorb iron and utilize it uh, and increase its tolerance as well. Because that's also another problem with iron supplementation. A lot of people just get constipated, uh, they get nauseated, uh, and so on and so forth. So, for example, combining iron with vitamin C is very known to increase iron absorption by up to 50% if you just combine iron with vitamin C. So this also applies to not just supplementation. So obviously you can take iron with vitamin C supplements, works, but you can also apply the same concept to food. So combining um, spinach with some orange juice or with some lemon and so on and so forth. So um, yeah, there are ways to, to go around this. And uh, yeah, we are definitely able to correct uh, levels uh, more efficiently and more effectively nowadays. <laughs> I like I like how smart uh, you are suggesting like other options um, and different ones. Um, yeah, and obviously it it's, uh, just makes sense, you know, with um, uh, injection, you know, uh, it would be more efficient because it goes directly to your bloodstream instead of yeah. going into your liver and then being redistributed, you know, by your liver, you know, among uh, different areas of your of your body. Um, I feel that vitamin C is a good conductor uh, for other supplements. Mm -hmm. uh, so not only with iron, but with other vitamins um, that I would not be able to name <laughs> right now. But I know that vitamin C is a good conductor and uh, able just to help a better absorption. Um, do, do you see a difference of hair loss in men and women? And, and maybe the root cause. So mm -hmm. we touch base on the fact that women would lose more before their periods or when they are into menopause. Mm -hmm. uh, but maybe you have like, you know, other, um, I mean, what are the root causes you know, of this and, uh, and maybe other examples as well? Sure. So um, I would say here when it comes to the causes of hair loss, there are the general causes of hair loss, which apply to both uh, men and women. So our bodies do function in a very similar way when it comes to nutrition. So there are very specific deficiencies like iron deficiency that would cause hair loss, whether it's in a male or in a female. Um, uh, vitamin D deficiency, the same. Um, uh, iron deficiency, we spoke about this. Uh, zinc deficiency, the same. Um, and, and so on and so forth. So nutrition part of things is, is the same. But then there's also the hormonal uh, side of things, uh, which has to do with obviously female hormones versus male hormones. Now, abnormal hormonal profile will cause hair loss in both men and women. Um, so that is the similarity here. Of course, we do have different hormones. So with, with women, we're talking about estrogen. We're talking about FSH. With men, we are talking about testosterone mainly, which is the main uh, male hormone. So in men, when low testosterone happens for any kind of reason, just an unhealthy diet, um, excessive exercise, uh, excessive weight, leads to low testosterone, uh, leads to high cortisol as well as so high stress, so leads to hair loss. Uh, and in women, low estrogen uh, and the different reasons that would lead to low estrogen, including, as we said, uh, just the normal process of aging, um, uh, being close to menopause or what we call perimenopause, just the period before menopause, 
uh, will kind of lead to the same imbalances. The use of birth control pills as well will lead to the same effects and can contribute to to uh, to hair loss. Um, in women, um, of course, we are more complicated creatures, <laughs> so we have more complex. I will not say more complex. I'm just uh, kidding here. But of course, there are other issues with hormones that uh, probably everyone have heard of, such as PCOS uh, or polycystic ovary syndrome. It's a very, very prevalent condition uh, whereby uh, hormonal imbalances happen. They affect the menstrual cycle. Uh, they affect a number of other things. One of them is also uh, just um, hair loss. It would just one of the side effects. So, um, yeah, I, I hope I, I understand. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, um, of causes. Um, if I can only like speak about my experience, I mean, that's true. And so I would talk like about three of them. When I arrived in Dubai, when after pregnancies, and when I came back from the, uh, from France, from Europe mm -hmm. um, this summer. Um, so when I first arrived in Dubai 15 years ago, mm -hmm. uh, I noticed that indeed, no, I were losing, I was losing a lot my hair. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know where it was coming from at the beginning. Indeed, then I found out that it was probably because of the water uh, quality. Yeah. Uh, but to be honest with you, after 15 years, I've never put any filter on my shower. So I'm not, I'm, I don't know if it's a, a bad or wrong thing. Um, I still have hair on me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, the, the other thing is indeed, you know, when you're pregnant, you know, your hormones are being boost, boosted. Yeah. Um, your, your hair density is much higher. And mm -hmm. after you deliver, after a few weeks i would say and then you start or a few months a couple of months then you start losing your hair because you know you have um a crush knowing of hormones uh, and then what i realized this summer so after spending two months in france uh, i came back and then I, when i came back this is where for the first time i was losing my hair as well again so I wasn't mm -hmm. sure if it was because of the quality of the water or it was because mm -hmm. of the nutrients that I couldn't find, you know, in the yeah. food, the, the quality yeah. of the food here, because yes. I would say so probably I, 80, 90% of the food that we have here is being imported. Mm -hmm. um, but what what surprised me that before summer, I didn't have this issue. It's only, you know, when I came back. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. So there are a number of, of factors that, that could lead to, to this. First of all, childbirth uh, is one of the very first factors that we would want to rule out because if it's there, uh, it is a direct association to, to hair loss. This is your, your reason. This is your number one reason. And it's very, very normal. Every woman who goes through childbirth will experience a degree of hair loss uh, in the months uh, after. That's because the body... Uh, interprets the process of childbirth as stress. Um, so, of course, there, with with the emotional stress, of course, of having a, a new baby, uh, new responsibilities, especially for for new first uh, first time parents. Uh, there is also the physical stress of losing blood, doing surgery, uh, and and so on and so forth. Uh, any type of physical stress. 
will cause the body to go through a process called telogen effluvium. I know, I know it sounds complicated, but uh, it's just a process of inflammation or oxidative stress that pushes the hair strands. You know how earlier we spoke about the different phases of, of hair loss or of hair growth, let's call it like that. We said there are three different phases. And then the last phase, which is called the telogen phase, is where the hair is ready to come out. It's where we lose 10% of our hair every day. And that's completely normal. When you have oxidative stress or when you have childbirth or any kind of traumatic experience, fever, COVID, it will push more than 10% of your hair to go straight away into the last phase of the hair growth process, which is the, the phase where you are losing the hair. So when more than 10% of your hair is ready to come out and will come out, this is where you see just physically hair loss is happening. Now, this is completely normal. The, the hair follicles inside your scalp are not lost. So all of this hair will come grow, will grow again, just that it will take time uh, for it to go back and start the, the growth process all over again. Uh, but yeah, this is what happens with, with childbirth, really. So more hairs will go into the last phase, uh, the phase where they are ready to come out. And they will come out. So you see it kind of physically, aesthetically, it, it shows. Um, the but same it, applies as it, yeah. Please. Sorry, but this is because the body is under stress. So in order to protect itself, it goes to different parts of the body or areas. Yeah. And then it would go from the hand. This is where you would lose hair. Absolutely. Absolutely. So obviously stress, uh, whether it's emotional or physical, will cause just different reactions um, in different parts of the body. In hair, uh, this is this is the process. Uh, that's what happens. And the same, by the way, applies to hair loss after COVID. A lot of people uh, feel that they starting to lose a lot of hair after they caught COVID. And this is the same exact process that I just described. Uh, what's what's good about this and what's reassuring is, is, and is that this whole process as I said, is, is temporary. So you will see uh, your hair going back and in six to nine months, it just takes a little, a little a little bit of time. So for those people who had COVID, mm -hmm. how long after having COVID you can expect losing your hair? So uh, it can happen immediately. Um, most people will start to report hair loss uh, within the two to four weeks after they're, they're done with COVID. Uh, but their reaction uh, obviously happens uh, on site. It's kind of an acute uh, reaction that the, the body does uh, in response to infection or inflammation. But it just takes some time for you to start noticing it. Mm. So uh, it starts maybe at, at two to four weeks, you start noticing it, and you keep noticing it for about six to nine months, as I said. Okay, so that's interesting because I had COVID back in January. So my, mm -hmm. that might be as well, you know, one of the causes that I didn't realize uh, straight away. Um, and, you, and you did, by the way, mention water quality as well and the fact that you did move here to, to Dubai where water quality is not the best. Uh, and it's not all a myth here. Uh, you know how water quality affects hair and hair growth. There is some, some truth to that. And it's because... Uh, Hard water or water in Dubai, basically, uh, it may not lead directly to hair loss, but can lead to hair breakage uh, if, if you lose it, of course, for, for long enough. And that's because hard water contains uh, a buildup of minerals like calcium and, and magnesium. 
And then the, min the minerals uh, will leave kind of a film on your hair. So it makes it difficult for your hair products to clean and to moisturize your hair properly. So, uh, of course, showering more often with hard water will make uh, your hair extra dry and more susceptible to breakage. And of course, as a beauty expert yourself, uh, you will know this, uh, that it can lead to also long-term problems, uh, like uh, making it, for example, more difficult to dye your hair, that the color will not stick enough. That's because there's something that kind of a coat uh, on your on your hair. Um, so yeah, you did mention uh, not going for the hair softener uh, in, in your shower. So <laughs> that is actually one of the solutions. Um, the other solution is just uh, moisturizing your hair, doing more hair masks, um, and of course starting from the scalp and up to the root, to the just bottoms of the hair. So these are one of the just uh, solutions that we offer. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um, what are the root causes you now for men to lose on uh, hair? Mm. So. I, my husband is bald <laughs> and it started you know, for him when he was 17 poor guy yeah um but what's so I believe it's uh, it's because of hormones changes um but do you see I mean first can we talk about this and do you see any root causes for men to lose hair yeah sure so we spoke about the nutrition side of things. We spoke about the stress. We spoke about uh, childbirth. Uh, of course, this is not applied to, to, to males, but the hormonal imbalances as well. Now, there, these would be all of them. They would contribute to 10% of the hair loss cases in, in the world. The other 90% are unfortunately genetic uh, due to hereditary hair loss. So one of the first things we get um, um um, like one of the first questions we ask when we get a, a patient concerned about hair loss is we ask about family history. Uh, is your father bald or does anyone in your family is losing hair? If the answer is yes, then uh, straight away, that would be hereditary hair loss, especially in men. That would contribute, as I said, to 90% of hair loss cases. We call it androgenic uh, alopecia or male pattern hair loss which is um, the characteristic of this is that uh, the person uh, will start using losing hair at the temples, so at the very front. And then with time, uh, they will start having thinning hair at the crown of the head until uh, kind of the two areas meet uh, in the middle, and then they lose the hair in, in, uh, in between. So that is the characteristic uh, pattern of male pattern hair loss or androgenic alopecia. At the core of that, is hormonal imbalances. So what happens is that men who are predisposed to hair loss, who just have genetic hair loss, will have a more conversion of their testosterone to a byproduct called DHT or dihydrotestosterone. Okay, dihydrotestosterone or DHT. Uh, the more of it, the more you have of it the more um, DHT will get attached to the hair follicles uh, or to the roots of your hair, basically. And this process will cause the hair to die out. It will cause the hair follicle to shrink and to become weak and then to die out uh, eventually. And then, as I said, the more DHT you have, the more conversion happens, uh, the more kind of uh, DHT attached to hair follicles uh, and then the more hair follicles uh, will die. So that's the process. <laughs> can we prevent this? Or how can, can we, we prevent, prevent this? this? So 
there is no straight on uh prevention uh, methods that can happen. Uh, genetics are there. This process will happen. We can slow it down uh, as much as possible. There are several solutions uh, from medications to, to supplements to uh, uh, practices that are known to um, prevent DHT from attaching itself to uh, the hair follicle. Uh, one of them, of course, I, I mentioned medication. We have finasteride, we have uh, minoxidil, maybe finasteride more. Finasteride is, is a drug. It's an FDA-approved drug uh, that people need to take, of course, with the consultation of a doctor. Uh, finasteride will, uh, it's a DHT blocker, uh, basically. So it attaches itself to, to DHT, so DHT doesn't go and, and harm your hair follicles in a very simple way. Uh, now, the other um, kind of process that leads to hair loss is not having enough blood flow into the scalp area. So when you don't have enough blood going into the scalp, you don't have enough nutrition going into your scalp. So your hair follicles are not getting the nutrition that they want, so they die, die out. So this is where the other medication that I mentioned, uh, minoxidil, comes into, into play. Minoxidil increases uh, blood flow to the scalp area. So it's essentially like a serum or solution that you apply here, and it kind of increases the width of your blood vessels. So it allows more blood to come in and thus more nutrition. Uh, and then the third solution, if I've mentioned nutrition so many times, uh, it's of course making sure that you are eating an adequate diet, a balanced diet, rich in protein, iron, vitamin C, antioxidants, all of the nutrients that we spoke about. If that's not the case, then we can offer, offer more targeted uh, supplementation to fill in the gaps in your diet uh, and make sure that you are consuming all of the relevant nutrients for, for hair to grow. So uh, basically taking supplements uh, that help with, with hair loss. So often what's required uh, and to have the most effective approach is a combination of everything that I just mentioned. So combination of medication, a combination of supplements, there are also other types of supplements that we know are effective, such as collagen, uh, that can help also strengthen the hair, uh, increase the quality of the hair so that you're not only preventing uh, hair loss, but you're also making sure that you have good quality hair, not just weak uh, hair um, and so on. So, yeah. So if, if women or men are coming um, to you or... Um, mm -hmm because you know they're losing their hair or they feel that they don't have like healthy hair mm -hmm. what's the process what are you assessing evaluating testing sure so uh, the process is slightly different between men and women uh, we can cover both of course so starting with men uh, as i said the first thing to rule out is genetic hair loss if if uh, the genetics or the genes are there, then 90% of the cases, this is the reason. Uh, and then the treatment would be as, as we explained. So combination of finasteride, minoxidil, and then uh, supplements. Um, if uh, the genes are not there, then this is where we kind of start with the ruling out process. We start with uh, the recommended approach is to do a blood test, of course, to rule out hormonal imbalances, to rule out thyroid uh, problems, to rule out nutrition deficiencies. We also do an assessment of their diet. We ask them if they, if they follow any a specific diet that restricts 
uh, general intake, of course, if you don't eat enough uh, calories, enough food in general, this will lead to you losing hair, your hair, among other problems, because, uh, of course, uh, it's logical. Um, and then also digging deeper about very specific types of nutrients, as we said. So do you consume enough protein? Do you follow a vegetarian diet, a vegan diet? If yes, then th this puts you at a high risk for B12 deficiency or for iron deficiency. So we start kind of uh, narrowing down uh, the reasons until we reach the the root cause and we, we target it with the, with the solution. For females, uh, there are also a number of factors that we need to rule out. As I said, uh, PCOS, um, other hormonal imbalances, uh, childbirth uh, at the very beginning, maybe. And then uh, when it comes to nutrition, it is a general um, uh, rule or uh, that applies to both men and females. So we also have to rule that out as well. Uh, and of course, the use of medications in both men and women, um, um, history of COVID in both men and women, um, surgery or any kind of uh, just going into the hospital, uh, fever, sickness, just ruling these out to be able to know whether or how much the problem that we're identifying is contributing to your hair loss. Yeah, so interesting uh, to to see that in a, I mean, obviously you're differentiating like men, but there are like some common tests or assessment that uh, that you that you would do. Um, talking about COVID, uh, mm -hmm. I know that you know for some people it has created you know some stress, and obviously like <clears throat> I'm not talking about people who had COVID because we covered this, but for other people, do you feel? That you know this stress after this pandemic you know, period has created, um, not created, but the stress is um, a cause of hair loss. So uh, of course, uh, a lot of people will tell you that um, I'm starting to lose my hair because because of how much stressed I am. Um, yeah, uh, the link may be uh, just scientifically speaking from a research point of view. It's not very, very clear uh, or as clear as it is between physical stress and, and, and hair loss. But uh, there is definitely some, some truth uh, to that. So uh, uh, it is something that people report often. Uh, but uh, if the person is at the end of the day experiencing hair loss and they're bothered by it and they know that this is being excessive uh, and unusual to them, then we do we do take that into account and we do investigate it. Um, yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, we we touch base on the uh, impact of hormones uh, mm -hmm. and the fluctuation, you know, of of, uh, of hair. Yeah, I mean the 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 impact of hormones fluctuation yeah. on hair health. I mean, what is the specific hormones? I mean, I'm going to say. For women, because for men we said that it was um, about progesterone, correct? Testosterone for men. T testosterone, testosterone. Yeah. testosterone. Yeah. Um, and uh, what is it you now for uh, for women? We do have testosterone as well as women, but in a lesser quantity. True. Very true. So we also have testosterone, and also any uh, imbalances in testosterone levels will also lead to to hair loss, which is exactly what happens with women with, with PCOS. So what happens with women with PCOS is that they have high amounts of testosterone, uh, 
which leads to the same process that I described with male pattern or with genetic hair loss in men. So you have more testosterone, and as a reason, you have more testosterone getting converted to DHT, and then as a consequence, more DHT attaching itself to the hair follicles and more hair follicles dying out. And that is exactly why women with PCOS will experience a very similar pattern of hair loss to men. So they will start losing hair at the top of their head, so at the crown area and even at the frontal area of the head, which is atypical of hair loss in women. Usually women will lose hair at the part line of the head or will have just general thinning of the hair. The hair will, the hair itself will be thinner. Uh, they will not lose a hair in a, in a specific pattern here at the at the frontal area. Uh, so this explains why why this happens. Um, in women, uh, yeah, testosterone is a factor. Another factor that we also discuss is estrogen. So when estrogen is low, this also affects uh, the growth uh, cycle of the hair. So it can also lead to to hair loss. Um, and this is why aging women will see uh, hair loss as, as they grow older. That's because um, sorry, estrogen will decrease with, with age. Uh, now, the other hormones to look for, of course, in both men and women as well, are thyroid, the thyroid panel or the whole thyroid profile. So um, thyroid is one of the also primary reasons or primary suspects behind, uh, behind hair loss. Uh, of course, hair loss is only one of the symptoms of, uh, of thyroid issues. So people with thyroid imbalances will experience a whole lot more symptoms than hair loss. Uh, just to state them, if, if anyone is interested, those would be um, imbalances, probably actually in every single system in their body. Because thyroid is the generator of the body. It's the engine. And if it's slower, then everything else is slow. So if you have hypothyroidism, which is kind of slow thyroid, you have sl slow hair growth, you have slow metabolism, slow uh, blood sugar absorption, slow metabolism of cholesterol. So your cholesterol goes up, your blood sugar goes up, your hair goes down, your energy goes down. So uh, yeah, uh, basically, if you have thyroid problems, you can experience symptoms with uh, your temperature regulation, with your weight regulation, so just gaining weight or losing weight with no apparent reason. Uh, I mentioned temperature, so you feel hot all of the time or cold of the time, also for no reason. Uh, you feel that you're hungry uh, all of the time or not hungry uh, at any time of the day um, and, and so on and so forth. So, uh, and here I think it's important to mention that hair loss is a symptom of something else. So. I know here we're talking about treatment for hair loss, but what we're really talking about is knowing why you're getting hair loss. What is the root cause of hair loss um, and treating that rather than treating the, the, the hair loss as a, as a problem. Um, so identifying the root cause is at the, 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 very, the very thing that you should be seeking. There's indeed the thyroid. Um, that's it is so complex. Yes. 
so complex. I've I've discovered the complexity of it a few months ago when I did my blood test to understand better, you know, what was going on mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and the fact that I was always tired and mm. low libido. It's another yeah. subject. But then I looked into thyroid and um and thyroid, you know, you have different Obviously, I'm not an expert, but it's not that you have a different uh, level, but you have different um, component of the thyroid that you need to look into that can mm-hmm. impact so many things into your body. As you said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, uh, slow metabolism, uh, how you are um, incorporating sugar or not, the, the hair loss. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be one of my next topic <laughs> about sorry because it's so complex to be honest. Um, but I think that you know you're already giving us like a good understanding on what could be the um the the causes of you know of our hair loss, either we are men or women. Um and what about the solution? Would the solutions always be to look into <clears throat> indeed the result of your blood test and therefore to give you like supplements, but also maybe your lifestyle or what, what in your opinion, you know, could be the solutions of hair loss? So um, we spoke about how hair loss is a symptom and how it's always related to something else. It's always related to uh, a root cause, a problem that is happening either with your hormones or with your nutrition or with your, uh, just, you're just predisposed to that and then you'll, you'll have to tailor your solutions to, to accommodate that. So the solution depends on the cause. Uh, and then the first step then would be to identify the cause and then uh, the solution should, should follow uh, accordingly. Um, yeah. so, so there's no one solution for everyone. It's really like you're looking into absolutely. the details for each person. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, if, if someone is experiencing hair loss, uh, then I do really recommend that they seek uh, advice uh, and that they go for a blood test uh, to know what is causing their hair loss and not to go for a generic solution or just uh, quick fixes. Uh, that will unlikely uh, help uh, with their problem. And that would probably just mask it for a short period of time, but then underneath the problem would still be uh, going on and then um, it will kind of get worse with time. So uh, of course, the earlier uh, you intervene, uh, the better results you will get. What's your opinion in, you know, there are different trends going on uh, at the moment in the the beauty or industry or field. Um, and some of them, you know, have been there like for a long time. But what, what's your take into all the silk pillowcase, uh, the, the head massage with some oil or tonic? Um, and yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the things you mentioned, um, massage, uh, tonic, um, hair oils. Uh, they all deal with basically what, what we just spoke about. So we have blood flow. So it's very important to make sure that you have enough blood going into your scalp. So that's where massage uh, comes into play. Uh, and also moisturizing your, your scalp with oil uh, and so on. Uh, I would say they are effective, uh, maybe except the, the pillowcases. Uh, it's, it's just unlikely to affect your, your hair loss in any way. So the, the reasoning behind that is that why people think that um, silk pillowcases will affect hair loss. It's because silk 
regulates the temperature uh, and does not absorb much uh, moisture uh, moisture from your head. So when you're sleeping on a moist or sorry sorry pill pillowcase uh, or pillowcase uh, silk pillowcase, um, all of the moisture will stay in your head. It will not go into the pillow. Um, and so basically, it just keeps uh, your hair from or your scalp from getting dry. So there are no research done on that, obviously. Uh, it just uh, it, it it will be just a, a thing that the person will have to try it and see if it's working for them. But uh, possibly not something that I would recommend as a as a professional. <laughs> now it's it's interesting to to get your view on this. I mean, I do sleep okay. with a silk pillowcase. <clears throat> yes. Like every night, I love it just because okay. of the feeling of it. You know, it's so soft. Exactly. And and, it, and you feel like, you know, being in a cloud you know, when you sleep on a pillow. Exactly. It's so soft. How, how can you not like it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, but there are there are a number of other things that we can definitely help with. Uh, as I said, so there are things that you can do, certain products uh, that have been tested and have been proven to be effective. Uh, and that would definitely work for you. But again, each person is different. And um, as we said in the very beginning of, of this episode, a part of hair health is subjective. So it's how you feel about your hair. Is it the way that you like it? Is it looking uh, frizzy enough or not frizzy enough, smooth enough or not? So it just depends also on how you feel and what you like to do. And uh, yeah, so all of these things come into play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, among all the services that Valio uh, offers, what are or which one is the most requested? Oh, uh, which one is the most requested? So I think this uh, comes down to how different men and women are with uh, seeking health and uh, especially preventative health when you don't have any problems but you should just go for a blood test just to check of course men will not want to do that uh, <laughs> for a number of different reasons uh, so to answer your question definitely female oriented um, services uh, we do however try to push Uh, male-oriented services to uh, help men know that there are convenient solutions uh, out there uh, for them to go and check their blood, uh, do uh, their yearly checkup, know what's going on in their body before uh, something becomes a problem. Uh, so, yeah, there are a number of different tests uh, that we do Uh, I would say we have the advanced female and advanced male tests uh, at Valeo, which uh, cover more than 53 tests uh, from kidney profile, thyroid profile, cholesterol, blood sugar, inflammation. So very, very comprehensive test uh, that is also very attractive to people. So I would say, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's important to do a check like once a year, as you said, You know, in 12 months, there are so many things that can happen um, um, from, you know, change of life, change of city or change, you know, having a child or changing job that can create stress as well. Mm -hmm. um, so many things can happen. And uh, and indeed, uh, um, doing the check like, you know, once a year is 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 important, I would say, if you want to know or or also to. Mm, improve uh, your life Absolutely. and and your lifestyle. Um, 
Um, Absolutely. And, and again, doing tests is not all about, uh, as, as you mentioned right now, it's not all about finding out uh, diseases. It's not always going to lead to that. But uh, we get a lot, of, a lot of people who have normal B12, but then they can definitely optimize that. Or people who are exercising or want to become uh, athletes, but then uh, without blood tests, you're not able to, to push yourself to the next level in a healthy way. So you, you can definitely stock up on, on supplements and do more and more and more on own of everything. But this is not necessarily helpful and this is not necessarily going to lead to the outcomes that you want. And all in all, it's not all about the outcomes. It's not all about do I have a disease or do I not? Am I reaching my, my health goal or am I not? It's also about the process and knowing that what you are doing, whether it's effective or it's not. So if you are taking any supplements, you should test because you should not be taking supplements, uh, you know, eternally. You should know whether you need to uh, adjust the dose, whether you need to stop, whether you need to switch to a different type of, of supplement if that's not working for you. The same thing with uh, doing a diet. Uh, has it been affecting your levels? Uh, if you're doing it for to decrease your cholesterol or to your blood sugar, is it is it working? Uh, and with supplements, the same thing. We see a lot of people taking testosterone boosters, uh, uh, protein supplements, all leading to kidney issues, hormonal imbalances, um, which you do not necessarily feel. Uh, you can only uncover this by doing a blood test, uh, which is a very easy thing to do uh, and will help you massively with staying healthy and, and um, if, 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 you're, if you're already healthy, uh, to just stay that way. Yeah. To, to go back to what I was saying and to link it to what you're saying now is for probably like two years, I was taking, you know, compliments, you know, by what I felt, what I read, you know, I had to take, but without never really like uh, uh, having a professional to look into the, the or doing a blood test and from this, then taking the right supplement. And again, as I was saying, I've complained you know, for many years of the fact that I was always tired and again, the low libido until I got to do this blood test yeah. uh, and understanding what were the right supplements to take. Uh, even though some of them I was already taking, but maybe not in the right quantity or not in the right frequency as well. Uh, mm -hmm. And yeah, so having the opinion of a professional is now, now that I'm 40, <laughs> you know, I see this, you know, like really obviously like helpful and, and, and crucial, you know, if you want to live your best life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. <laughs> then uh, tell me what, um, if people want to uh, use the services of value, do some blood tests, understand, you know, if they have the right level of nutrients mm -hmm. or vitamins or minerals, you know, within their body, what mm -hmm. is the uh, process to follow to get sure. tested? So uh, Value is essentially uh, an application, uh, but also a, a platform that you can find with a simple Google search. Uh, so once you are on the Value platform, uh, you can uh, explore the different blood testing packages that we have. So each package is focused, as I said, on a different purpose uh, that you might be interested in 
some will focus on only your vitamin and mineral profile. Others will focus on uh, the biomarkers related to PCOS. Others are more comprehensive. Others focus on hair loss, uh, if that's your problem. Um, you book that as simple as completing a purchase, setting the, the time and the date and the address uh, that you want. Uh, a certified nurse will come to you, uh, to your house or to your office, wherever you are. We'll collect the blood. And then in three days' time, you will receive your results, uh, which will include the PDF from the lab as it is. Uh, you will receive as well your results on the value app, uh, which will be explained to you uh, by a health expert who will write a report for you. Uh, will tell you basically your levels, what they mean, if they're high, if they're low, and how you can fix those with diet, with supplements, and with lifestyle changes. Of course, as I said, we do not cover uh, diagnoses. Uh, we do not offer uh, medications without consulting doctors um, and, and so on. And also you get to meet with the health expert uh, that wrote uh, the report for you and you get to discuss your results and answer any questions you might have about those. So um, it is as simple as completing a purchase. That's how we meant it to be. Um, and the process is rewarding at the end because you you do get a full understanding of what your tests mean, what you can do about them, uh, if you have a problem, what it is exactly. If you need to see a doctor, what kind of supplements do you need to do, uh, you need to take, what kind of foods you need to be taking and avoiding, and and so on. So uh, I recommend it for <laughs> anyone looking to understand what's uh, what's going on in their body. <laughs> Uh, Zainab, you said like uh, you had a health expert. What kind of health experts do you have um, at Value? So we have uh, medical doctors, uh, obviously, uh, who will be able to uh, speak to you and answer your questions if you're interested in any of the medications uh, that we offer. Because uh, we do have uh, journeys, health journeys from A to Z to cover specific problems like hair loss, like um, erectile dysfunction, so two very male-focused, as I said uh, earlier, that, that's one of the things that we really want to promote is for men to take care of their health. So we do have journeys for hair loss uh, where uh, we ask you a couple of questions uh, to rule out any problems related to hair loss. Uh, at the end of the questionnaire, you get uh, recommendations on the best medications uh, that uh, would probably help you in your case, uh, the best supplements. Now, for that, you will get to also speak to a medical doctor who will be uh, checking on you whether the medication does indeed fit your case, uh, whether you have any contraindications to take the medications. And then the whole package will, will get delivered to you uh, just the next day to your house. So that's with, with hair loss. And that's where doctors come in. Uh, we also have coaches, health coaches, uh, dietitians uh, who will meet with you uh, in other cases where uh, it's not uh, there, there are no medications involved, obviously, uh, and they will be able to cover with you everything from diet, lifestyle to supplements. For, for the doctors, are we able to go and see them or is it like on a video? How, so how of, is it? All of Valeo services are online. Uh, uh, the doctors' meetings are video consultations uh, that happen on, on Zoom uh, and the same with, with the coaches. Um, so it is as seamless as uh, as it could be. <laughs> That's amazing for all like you know Dubai people being so busy all the time. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Amazing. Uh, <clears throat> we are getting towards like uh, um, uh, 
the end of uh, this episode uh, and uh, some of the questions that I like to uh, ask my guest uh, oh. is for you, like Zainab, you know, specifically, um, do you have any skincare or beauty routine uh, that you would like to share with our listeners? Of course, I do have my personal uh, products that I use and that I like and that I'm very loyal to. But um, uh, just speaking as a dietitian, uh, maybe I'll just focus on, on that aspect. I do make sure uh, to include uh, very specific foods in my diet as frequently as I can, because I know that these are the source of nutrition that my hair is, is looking for and that my and. The same, by the way, applies from hair to skin to nails. Uh, they're the same foods. It's the same process. So one of them is fish as much as possible, uh, at least two to three times a week. Fatty fish, so salmon and, and tuna, uh, shellfish as well. Uh, so one of the best sources of, of omega-3, really. So um, as women, uh, in general, we do need good fat for good reproductive health, uh, healthy menstrual cycle, but also good hair, good skin, good good, uh, good nails. Um, other than that, uh, of course, my vitamin D supplements. Uh, and I do make sure that my plate is as colorful as it could be, uh, including uh, uh, zinc foods, folate foods, uh, vitamin C foods. Uh, so a lot of uh, green leafy vegetables, a lot of uh, red uh, bell pepper or just different colors of pepper. Um, so yeah, these are the things that I focus on, uh, ensure that I do consume protein every day. Um, yeah, I would say these are the main three things. And of course, hydration, very important, uh, especially in Dubai, as we said, uh, hydration from the inside, uh, drinking enough water during the day, but also from the outside. So using all of the products that we spoke about to keep the hair shiny and moisturized from the outside. I like the fact that, um, you are talking about food into your um, skin or beauty routine. Uh, because because we, we all think that hair is an exterior thing, but really the, the roots of that are on the inside. So you need to be nourishing your hair from the inside as well as from the outside. Exactly. I was talking to a good health coach, uh, Sandra Sharp, that I had on a previous episode. And she was saying like, before putting so much on your on your skin, try to work first, like, you know, what you put inside your body. And this Absolutely. will help uh, to fix, Absolutely. you know, different um, uh, concern or issues on that, uh, that you may have. Um, where, where do you get your inspiration from or, or, or who do you get it from? Um, so I, I do work a lot in, in research uh, and, and I do like to read uh, other people's work because uh, when it comes to science and, and health a lot of people try to share uh, and that's the whole point of, of doing research is to share your knowledge what you find out uh, w with other people so we can all benefit the whole scientific community the whole health community so when I see that other people are just achieving success it does give me inspiration and hope and motivation because there are solutions out there that have been tried, that are effective. And the more time passes by, the more solutions we get. So uh, like us as humans, like we're, we're being un unstoppable, really. So um, the greatest problems we have, we are getting to solutions to that. So 
uh, I think, yeah, um, that's my inspiration. And that's what I also try to do on a daily basis is to let people know that solutions are out there from the smallest problems like hair loss to the biggest problems in life, of course, more complex health issues. Um, so, yeah, people just need to know that help is out there and they just need to seek it from the right places. So um, that's my message, I guess. <laughs> Zeynep, thank you so much for being with us uh, today and uh, going through like this topic that so many people here in the region are experiencing, you know, with hair loss. Um, and I'm sure that's going to help so many uh, of them. Um, I quite like the fact that, you know, value, you know, is an easy solution to understand what's going on, you know, within your body that you're working with experts, uh, with doctors as well. And it can be like super easy, you know, for anyone here in the region, everyone is traveling a lot or a lot of people are traveling around the region. So uh, all those, you know, uh, busy people and with this uh, stressful life as well that uh, you may have either to travel or you don't travel, but I feel that value, you know, is here just to help you um understanding better uh what's going on inside and also to help you to uh, find a solution and uh, and live a better life absolutely thank you so much uh, Laura it was a pleasure uh and happy to share all of this information with uh, with your audience and I hope this was a helpful session uh I hope we can help people or at least motivate them or at least let them know that the solutions are are there, easy ones that do not take time. Um, and I really invite everyone listening to, to this podcast to do your blood test at least once a year. Make sure that everything is okay uh, and base any, any health solution, any supplement that you want to take, uh, your diet and your lifestyle based on that, based on your data, uh, the most accurate thing that you can ever get. Um, so, yeah. Thank you so much. I totally agree. So now we're going to end this episode and we all go going to get our blood test at value. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Zainab. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode today. If you enjoy it, please rate it with five stars, leave a comment, and share it with at least two of your friends. This will help the podcast to be more visible and high in the rank. I cannot wait to have you in my next episode to talk more about beauty. In the meantime, take care of yourself and remember, be your own kind of beautiful. <music>